Carmen Lorenzo. And this is the Pop Style Opinion Fest. Hello, kittens. Welcome back to another edition of the PSO. I am the teen Yutila, Tom Fitzgerald. And I'm here with the little Yutila, Lorenzo, my cousin, my love, the husband. Hello. How are you? I'm fantastic. Oh, I am. Very it's energetic. Spring, summer coming, and I'm ready. What, to leave? To leave yes, the house? to go to Fire Island, you know, just do our summer thing. We've been stuck inside. I know, of, like, seriously. Yeah. We need to get anyway, out there and breathe the I'm, air. I'm going to go back to the gym. I, yeah, I have a list of things okay. I want to do. Mm, interesting. <laughs> All right. And traveling. Lots of traveling. Very good. I don't disagree with any of that. Um, okay, we have a podcast this yes. week. We're going to bounce around on a few different topics. We thought we would... Um, talk about a couple of TV shows, more than a couple of TV shows that uh, we're watching, some mm-hmm. of which you love, some of which yeah. I love, some of which we both love. Um, but we're also going to talk about um, the feral nature of audiences in our oh post-lockdown they're, period. They're, and we're going to look at a couple, well, three different instances over the past week, which is Dave Chappelle getting attacked on stage at the Hollywood Bowl, and they're they're like and, they're getting uh, as bad. Patty Lapone um, yelling at a patron uh, for uh, not wearing a mask um, on Broadway, and Jesse Williams uh, also having his picture taken while he was performing naked uh, I know, in a play on Broadway. We're going to bat around all of these things and talk about them and whether they're part of a larger whatever, whatever. I know, as you said, they're feral. They're they're getting as worse than than. Airplane passenger. I know. <laughs> um, but first, we're going to talk TV. A um, couple of, sh- more, like I said, a couple, three shows. Uh, and we're going to throw, I'm going to throw to Lorenzo first because he's way more into this show than I am. Um, it's The Staircase. It's um, airing on or, or it's streaming on HBO Max. The first four episodes are out now, starring Colin Firth. And it's got a great cast yeah. Colin Firth and Tony Collette and Sophie Turner and Patrick Schwarzenegger, who. Believe it or not, he's... Oh, my God, yes. He's quite the tidy little yeah. actor. I'm, I mean, I'm not predicting an Emmy Award for him, but I never I never would have uh, suspected that level of, right, right. of proficiency. It's he's funny. not Every, a bad actor at all. Right, everyone is talking about it on Twitter, anyway, like how good he is. Yeah, um, so uh, it's... Oh, and don't forget Parker Posey, please. Parker Posey is in it. Um, Julia Michael Pinoche. Stuhlbarg is in it. Um, Julia Pinoche is in it. She's got a very small part. Um, but... It is based on a true story, um, and it's actually based on the documentary of right. a true story, a uh, documentary that was made in 2004, also called The Staircase, which documented the trial um, and the investigation surrounding the death of Kathleen Peterson. Her husband, Michael Peterson, was arrested for it, and um, the story just unfolds from there. I... We'll talk about this, mm-hmm. uh, about how I, I kind of tuned out rather quickly because right. I'm just not into the true crime stuff. Yeah, that you're not. I'm just I'm more, not. I'm more and more, I'm more um, interested than you are. Uh, but I will say that I, I was into it just long enough and watched just enough of the um, documentary uh, uh, that the series is based on that I can absolutely understand why the case right. um, captures people's imaginations because on the face of it, on the surface... It doesn't strike you. It's a weird case, but it doesn't strike you as one that would be full of twists and turns, but it actually is, and they're not all on one side of the story. Mm-hmm. Like, there are twists and turns in that family's history, and then and in that man's personal history, and then there are twists and turns all over the investigation, the people right. that were involved, right. the level of corruption and, and homophobia, and, you know, so there's all these weird aspects to the case 
that I am absolutely, before I toss to you, I'm absolutely not in a position to opine on whether Michael Peterson is guilty right. or it, it, not. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah. But um, there's, if you look at it long enough, there's an argument to be made either way. Okay, so you go and you talk about it. So I didn't know anything about it before the uh, series on HBO Max or just HBO? Um, I'm HBO Max, yeah. Anyway, I didn't know anything about the case, uh, which is interesting. Anyway, so I... Of course, I immediately went online and started Googling everything and watching everything I could find on YouTube. And then I realized that there was a um, uh, documentary. The documentaries on Netflix. Yeah, because they do talk about the documentary. So the document, the entire thing, which is very, very, very long, 13 episodes, uh, is available on Netflix. And I watched the whole thing. Um, it The whole thing is bizarre. Just the fact, I mean, the whole thing is bizarre. The way she died... Uh, she fell down the stairs and, and hit her head. Apparently, well, that was, that's one of the versions. Right. And then she died. But then they they think that um, they, they killed her. The husband killed her. Uh, and then there's all these versions out there uh, of it's what an, actually happened. It's an unusual death scene in that yes. it um, there's an insane amount of blood for someone who fell down a flight of steps. On the other hand, she never sustained the kind of traumatic brain injuries that would have, you know, been Mm -hmm. the result of a beating that resulted in her death. They could never quite explain what the hell happened to this woman. It it, It never made full sense either way. And became very biased by everybody. Uh, That's the problem with the the, cops hated him. The cops, the the entire community hated him. So they were doing everything they can to accuse him of the case of the murder, um, you know, allegedly murder. So anyway, there's all this stuff. And to me, the most bizarre thing of all things is that you allow a crew to be spend that time with you. A documentary crew. Yeah, a documentary crew uh, to be with you in that particular moment of your life when you should be devastated, miserable, you don't want to be around anybody. One thing I want to say about, because um, I watched the first couple episodes of the HBO dramatization of The Staircase before I went back and watched actual footage of Michael Peterson. And I said to you, I was like, wow, Colin Firth's American accent's really weird. I, I thought he was better at it than the But he actually was nailing Michael Peterson, yes, who yes. is a very weird man. That whole family's weird. That's why I kind of walked away from it right, about right. halfway through the documentary. I'm like, they're all weird. They all like being on camera the way too much. I don't believe weird. anybody in right. this. The um, kids are weird. Everybody's weird. and they. But I just want to bring it back to the actual HBO series and say that the acting is quite good. Yes. Um, even though... It took me a while to, because I was really kind of put off by Colin Firth. And then mm-hmm. I realized, when I saw the documentary, I'm like, no, that guy, he was off-putting. That's the point. He right. he actually nails what the guy was like. Go ahead. And, and yeah, everybody's great. The, the actors playing the kids, they're all great. And I highly recommend, if you have the patience and the time, to watch the documentary, or at least some of it, so you can get to see the actual people acting. Because they pretty much replicate everything right. in the uh, series. In the dramatization. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you kind of like have the time to watch at least three, four episodes, I highly recommend it because you get a better understanding of the whole thing. And also the documentary is very, very biased. Um, uh, and uh, I mean, it, the um, I mean, the Michael Peterson, the husband, had an affair with the uh, film editor, right? Yes. Uh, there's all this, these stories and, and just, just bizarre. The whole thing is bizarre. The crew, 
you know, they spent what ten years or more than sixteen years, right? It's it's a long time. The, the whole the case, yeah. I think the crew was with them for more than fifteen years. Yeah. Um. So the whole thing is bizarre. The fact that the family allowed these people to be in their home for that much time, right? Uh, when you should be, you know, I don't know, crying your eyes out and 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 you know suffering because your mother died but no they're all posing for the camera and right anyway it's it's just weird, weird. family weird there's interesting more to, case though yeah there's more to the story should we say more just because they're kind of like spoilerish uh, yeah um there's a homophobic aspect yeah there's to a it. lot there's of homophobia yeah. storyline underneath it and and then there's it's something one else. of the reasons why you, you find his um his prosecution a little questionable is because the people behind it, it but clearly had an agenda and also were homophobic as hell. Um, so, and there are other reasons to question the prosecution. And the, the, they the never story. found a murder weapon. Right. They never could explain how she died. And uh, then there's a, a really outlandish, outlandish um, uh, theory called the owl theory that says she was killed by an owl and I think the series is actually going to address all that uh, pay a little bit of credence right. to the to all of these theories about what happened but uh, like I said for me mm-hmm. I get very bored by these true crime stories mm-hmm. um, and uh, I wind up that's what I wound up doing is googling all right how did that end did he get prosecuted you know that sort of thing <laughs> Um, I still enjoy it, even but if, if I it, do that. I mean, yeah. the, the cast is amazing. Like, the cast is amazing. Colin Firth and Tony Collette, right. that's the reason to watch it right there. And there's more. I don't want to get into all the details, but there's more stuff. He lived in, in, in Germany, so there's more stuff there. That's, I, that whole weirdness. Yeah, I do not want to spoil for anybody, but um, but there's so many things going on. And, um, right. Just the, it's just the makeup of that family is... Um, I, I wouldn't call it weird. There's there's all kinds of blended families right, and right. step families. But it's a unique but it's, family. It's unique and it fractures along certain lines based mm-hmm. on the, the way that family is. And it is a blended, right, right. constructed family. Um, the reason why I recommend watching the series if you're interested in the case and not just the documentary is because, again, the documentary is very biased. Uh, they don't cover everything. Um, the uh, documentary covers the, asp- his, the fact that he's bi, um, just whatever the lawyer allowed to present. or uh, So you don't get all other stuff that you get in the series. There's more about his... I mean, he you know, he had sex with a bunch of guys, but according to the documentary or documentary version, that he just talked to one escort. Uh, but no, if, if you go on YouTube and, you know, go wonder, wondering and trying to get more information, there's more to it. He slept with a lot of guys. And um, anyway, there's a lot. And you also get to see the, the, the mother, uh, Kathleen Patterson, uh, Peterson, I'm sorry, Kathleen Peterson, played by Tony Collette. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you get to see... Tony Collette acting because you know I'll watch like her. I, yeah, as I'll, I, I'll watch her do anything. As I said, if if you if you love uh, true crime, right, uh, reenactments and dramatizations, I can't imagine you wouldn't love this based on the cast alone. And the the case is interesting. Um, and it, Parker Posey is freaking amazing. Yes. Um, so that is the staircase on HBO Max. If you want to watch the documentary upon which it was based, that is also called the staircase, and you'll find that on, on Netflix. Netflix. Yes. Um, 
I would give it a B, but I think you're giving it a higher rating than that. You well, kind of love it. I love that kind of stuff. I, I watch a lot of crime uh, shows on, right. on Netflix. I just love it. Yeah. Um, just want to very quickly say that my husband would shut up about it. So I finally watched Severance and I loved it. Loved every minute of it. My God, it's a fantastic show. Britt Lower is a fantastic actor. Didn't know anything about her. Just fell in love with her. And as I've been, I'm like, this is why <laughs> you need to listen. I know, I need to listen, listen to me. Yeah. Listen to me when I yes, recommend yes. things to you, which I'm about to do right now. Want more bite for your buck? Every plate is America's best value meal kit with delicious dinners that don't break the bank. Plus, we have a discount for you that we'll get to in a minute. Skip the store and let every plate plan, shop, and deliver everything you need to cook a delicious meal at a consistently low price. Did you know every plate is 25% cheaper than grocery shopping? That's right. Their quality ingredients come pre proportion to help you save money and reduce food waste. You know, like that big bag of spinach you throw out every week, Lorenzo. Choose between 17 recipes that change each week and swap proteins, veggies, and sides to your liking so you can switch up your dinner routine however you want. After all, variety is the spice of life. Not much of a cook, not a problem. Every plate recipes come together in just six simple steps and are done in just about 30 minutes or less. Every plate offers options for everybody. Choose from classic plate, veggie plate, family plate, and easy plate preferences to serve up crowd-pleasing meals night after night. For those looking for a quick and satisfying fix, every plate offers recipes that come together in just 20 to 25 minutes, as well as easy cleanup options. Now you can get even more out of your every plate delivery with new extras to complement your weekly order, like vanilla delight cheesecake, sweet kale salad, garlic bread, and protein bundles to take things up a notch. Think of it this way, one meal from every plate is about the same price as one cup of coffee. Cannot beat that no, as a deal. And I've, I've, I always say this because I'm the one usually going to the supermarket and getting stuff for you so you can cook. Um, that is so not true, but yes, whatever. <laughs> Oh my God. Anyway, yes, I go to the supermarket more often than you do. But anyway, that's, that's another, not yes, true at yes, all. Yes. Anyway, I text you every now and then and ask you, you know, do you want a large, small, medium, whatever bottle or whatever? My point is that you, with you get the exact amount you need. Uh, you don't waste anything. And you just, you know, especially ingredients that you never heard of or, you you, you know, you don't want to buy a whole jar of. Right. Um, anyway. And it's just so much more affordable that way. So... Uh, try every plate for just one seventy nine per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code TLO179. That's one seventy nine per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code TLO179. Thank you, everyplate. Okay, All I'm right. going to talk about my TV show, which is Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which... um. I think I've alluded to. I don't know. Did I talk about it on this? I don't think so. Um, uh, it's the n- latest Star Trek show. It is a um, sort of prequel to the original Star Trek. It is supposed to take place on the Enterprise before James Kirk became captain, um, which means some of the crew members from the original crew are recast on this show, but it's also a lot of new faces on the show. I I know. love it, and I hate to say it, but it is the first one, the first Star Trek in the new era to really understand what Star Trek, what makes for a good Star Trek show. Um, mm. I really, truly gave Star Trek Discovery as much of a chance as I could. I, I wrote um, several reviews over the first two or three seasons, basically saying, give this... Give this show a chance. Star Trek shows take some time to get out of the gate and everything. But I have to say, the fourth season, I was like, I think I'm done with this show completely because it hasn't corrected 
the problems it had coming out of the gate. Um, and uh, I think Strange New Worlds actually I don't know if the people behind the show understood that, but it feels like an absolute corrective to the way Discovery did things. What makes Strange New Worlds so fun to watch or fun to watch are two things. The first is that um, it's episodic television in the old school sense. It's not one long story arc that's going on over an entire season. Each episode is one story mm-hmm. that ends. That is um, old school adventure television. That's how it was done for 50 years prior to, you know, the streaming era, basically. Um, Discovery has tried to do these season-long arcs. Picard also has been doing these season-long arcs, and I would say in both instances, they don't serve either of those shows well. Um, It gets very boring when everyone has to save all of time and creation every season, Um, and it gets, you know, there's bloat in a storyline that you have to tell over the course of nine or ten hours. Um, Stranger Worlds, first two episodes out of the gate are, are one and done, and supposedly that's how all the episodes this season mm. are going to be done. Second thing the show does that sort of corrects what I think is the biggest flaw in Discovery, um, which is it comes right out of the gate with a um, introductions for all the main cast members, and right. it understood... It understands who those characters are. Like, here's this person, and this is what they're all about. And here's this person, this is what, here's their name, here's their conflict, or here's their what, you know, their backstory, whatever. And all of that was extremely efficiently done in the first episode, where you basically got the name and backstory of about eight or nine different people that you know are going to be important to the right. story. I agree. It's be- I mean, someone like me, you know, I don't know anything right. about anything, and I watched both episodes with you, and it was nice to... You know, you get their Everyone names. explains who they Everything are. Everything is explained, it's yes. It's very old school television writing, but it works. There's a reason it was the standard for 50 years. It works. When characters stand up, declare their name, declare their backstory, declare their agenda or whatever, at least in the first several episodes of a mm-hmm. show, that's, the, that's how you do it. Uh, Discovery was never clear on who we were supposed to be paying attention to, aside from Michael Burnham and whoever she was talking to that episode. So the focus of 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 who who the cast was has constantly shifted on discovery from season to season mm-hmm. um entirely new side cast members are introduced and suddenly they are having whole storylines based on them where i still can't name everybody on the bridge who uh, you know after four seasons um I like Michael Burnham. I think she's a great character, but I don't think they've ever given her the uh, supporting cast that uh, a Star Trek show really... Like, Picard was a great character, too, but Next Generation wouldn't have worked without that whole cast behind him. Um, You need more than one charismatic leader sitting in the captain's chair. You need a whole bunch of really charismatic people behind them bickering and flirting and doing all the stuff that crews of Starfleet ships do in the best Star Trek, even Deep Space Nine, which wasn't about a ship, it was still had a vibrant cast full of agendas and personalities that were constantly in conflict with each other. And that's what drove the stories and made them interesting. And Discovery just has not managed to do that. Um, they keep cycling through cast members and then tossing them out after one season. So it hasn't really, except for Michael and Saru, um, the show has not built up many um, relationships among the characters that feel true or feel like they're paying off in any way. Um, but right out of the gate, uh, Strange New Worlds really establishes all of these things. And you can feel how these different uh, 
interactions are going to be extrapolated going down the line. You can sort of see who's flirting with whom. You can see who's going to wind up having problems with whom. That's just really good, mm-hmm. really tight writing. Right. Um, and the show just looks great in an old school yes. Star yeah, Trek old sort of way. way. I, I was just about to say that, of course, the costumes, I love the costumes, and, and they kind of pay homage to, I guess, the uh, first season. Yeah, the, the original Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, I don't know anything about it, and I, I can tell that pays homage to, uh, you know, the beginning of the story. Uh, but at the same time, someone like me who doesn't know anything about it and then starting to watch it, I still appreciate all of it. Yeah. Like the second episode, I could tell that it was very old school, everything, like the way right. everything was played. I do, And the actors are great. I mean, I, I, th- I think they're pretty much great. I think the actors are having fun with the material. Yes, yes, and yeah. I don't always get the sense that the Discovery cast is actually having fun with the material. Uh, Discovery can be very po-faced and serious. Um, and that's that's a byproduct of writing these storylines that are an entire season long, where it's like, oh my God, all of time and creation is under threat. Well, of course you're po-faced and serious. You're never having fun on any mm-hmm. of these adventures, which is, you know, at least part of Star Trek is having fun. It's having, you know, that sense of exploration, that sense of discovery, um, not constantly saving the universe. I also like the fact that the cast is... <laughs> diverse i mean you you, you have a variety it's, of uh, it's not as diverse as um discovery is oh really okay. um it has you know it's not bad it's but i'm not gonna sit here and count you know non-white people just it's it's fine um but it has a trio of main characters that are all white and that's actually true, you true, know what i mean true. yeah um it's fine. I, I, I mean, from for me, I'm a white guy saying it's fine for all. You know, it's not for me to say whether it achieves right. what the kind of diversity that other people would expect for the show. But um, it's very pretty people solving very um, pretty uh, problems. Uh, glamorous <laughs> problems in very basic ways, and that in ways that are often uh, in the first two episodes at least um, quite simplistic. Uh, we're not looking at complicated storylines here, and maybe. You know, maybe that doesn't make it sound particularly appealing. Um, it's not that kind of science fiction. It, it um, maybe over time in its first season, it will learn to be a little bit more challenging in mm. the way that classic Star Trek actually could be. But I really enjoy it. Um, nothing against anyone who is still enjoying Discovery. I just. Um, after four seasons, I cannot co- connect with that cast at all, and I can't even name most of them. Uh, Picard, this season was honestly, it pains me to say this, one of the uh, probably the worst season of Star Trek I've ever seen in my life. Really? Just wow. horrifyingly bad. And the ironic thing with Picard is that that show actually does have a good cast. They just wasted them this season. Um, the entire season, an entire season of Star Trek set in Los Angeles in the present day. What the f- I mean, it's a space. <laughs> it's a space show. I realize COVID and all that, and but come on, um, yeah, it was just terrible, absolutely terrible. So this is why I'm so happy to see Strange New Worlds because it's just giving me the Star Trek that I want to see on television. I'm also happy to see Mr. Mount, <laughs> Anson Mount, pretty, pretty, oh my pretty God. man. My goodness, what a pretty man! Jesus, he's gorgeous. Um, so. Anyway, there's that. Also, I just while we're on this nerd topic of, uh, I do a shout out that there was news this week that Doctor Who cast its next, yes. the 14th Doctor, I believe, uh, Chudi Gatwa um, will be the next Doctor who is, um, people might know him from Sex Education. Yes, which is a great and, show. Um, he is uh, going, not just the first black actor to portray, well, uh, uh, 
first black actor to portray the doctor in a lead role. Uh, you nerds know that Joe Martin has played, I think she's called the fugitive doctor. I can't even remember. But he's the first black actor to be cast as the lead in the show. Um, and he's also a queer actor. So that's great. That's the kind of diversity we love to see on television. It'll be interesting because, um, to put it, how do I put this? I'm not saying he couldn't play a asexual man right, right. or a heterosexual man, but he's he's a pretty flamboyant man. So I wonder how quick. And right. Russell T. D- Davies is the um, he the the showrunner, the producer of the show. He has come back after I don't know 15 years away. He's the one that resurrected the show um, back in like 2005. He is queer, so. Um, I'm wondering if he's feeling a little room to be queer with his character, to which I would say I would caution them to, you know, dial it down. I don't mind seeing a flamboyantly queer man play that role, but I I have never loved when they gave uh, the doctor a sexual side of himself, like they or Mm. herself. They've been very good at... Just keep it, uh, you know, that this character is, you know, thousands of years old and too advanced and, and has strange, uh, you know, understanding of time and mortality. And it's actually not good for that person to be having relationships with, you know, sexual relationship. They've made this point many, 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 many times over the course of the show. And, you know, there's always this tension as to whether the doctor, you know, with Rose Tyler and whomever and uh, the current doctor, Jody is... Uh, she's also having tension with her female companion, which is, you know, adds a little bit of queerness to the storyline. But um, I wouldn't want to see him flirting, flirting. I just, that's not the doctor. And I, I would hate to see them make that mistake of, well, we have a queer actor, so let's make him this really randy right, exactly. doctor all of a sudden. Um, it's just as an aside, going back to Discovery, one of the things, this may be controversial to say, but I one of the things that I loathed and I know that's a really strong word, but I, I really hated the way they did this. They um, they constructed that queer family. Um, and so it was the two gay men who were already a couple when the show started. But then they introduced a non-binary character and a trans character. And then they sort of adopted them. And they were this queer family. And I just felt... Um, I just felt that was such a lack of imagination. You're supposed to be like, what, 600 years in the future? Why are they all huddled together Is it under the rainbow? Like, I don't feel like... I, I, that was depressing to me that that's that's, that's, that's the future of yeah, queer right. life is that all the queer people are in one area together because that, you know, they can't be fully integrated. I just hated it. I just hated that concept. And I also found it really bizarre that... Um, they were treating these adult, this non-binary and trans character. They were who were adults. One of them was a crew member, but they were like their adopted children, and it was just a weird dynamic. And the whole thing arises out of this very twenty-first century idea of what queer families are. And I get that, but you you couldn't be a little bit more imaginative as to, you know, right. I don't know that that always always bothered me is that they they. They introduce these trans, non-binary, and gay characters, and suddenly, and they're all a family for no other, no reason. They might be friendly with each other, but why are they like adopting them as children? I mm-hmm. just, ugh, don't even get me started. I hate it. <laughs> anyway, this is this concludes Nerd Corner. Um, <laughs> the other show that we wanted to talk about, but I got to say, it's it's okay. Is uh, the Shining Girls or Shining Girls on Apple TV Plus starring Elizabeth Moss. It's based on a novel. 
I'm just going to blurt it out. It's about a time-traveling serial killer and the woman who uh, survives his attack and fights to take him down. If anything, this is my main criticism of the show, is that it takes too long to get to that part of the story. Yeah, it took very long. It's very sort of Silence of the Lambsy, and that's fine. It's not really giving us anything new. Stories about serial killers stalking women, you know, it's been done. So... That annoyed me. I was like, when are they going to get to the part where he's clearly time traveling? Like, they make it this mystery, and right, right. you're just spending too much time watching a very standard serial killer story. It only becomes interesting especially when, when, when it takes that turn into the supernatural. Yeah, especially as the viewer, when you know what it is a time traveling story, that the characters are taking so long to get to, to that. To figure it out. Yeah, it just, it gets, uh, you get very impatient with the whole thing. Yeah. It's like, come on, can we yeah. and finally I mean, get course, a clue? In the real world, no detective or no one right, is going exactly. to say, well, he must be time traveling. I know. But you've got to make that leap you in a story like that. You yeah. just have to go with it because otherwise it is too much, as you said, just too much of characters not knowing not what knowing. you already yeah, know is right, going exactly. on. Uh, um, having said that, they're they're both great. Um, when you say they, who are you referring to? I mean, we just mentioned them, Elizabeth Moss and um, what is? Oh, you did. Oh, anyway, and Jamie Bell. And Jamie Bell. He is, Elizabeth Moss is Moss is the lead, and she's like the victim who's fighting back because that's all she ever plays right, right, anymore. Right, right. I mean, that's that's know, the that's role. Her, yeah. And Jamie Bell is the charming but creepy serial yeah. killer traveling through the decades. Right. I kind of wasn't interested then i became interested and then i'm kind of like all right i'm here for her elizabeth moss she's fantastic she's a, a you know she's a great actor so you you can see everything you know yeah, running yeah, yeah. in her head and uh and you with her you just want to know what's going to happen next and she's very good uh she's 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 playing a very kind of a difficult uh character uh, and she's doing a good job. Jamie Bell is just scary as hell. I mean, yeah. he's doing a fantastic job playing this very scary character. Uh, and I love him. I love him. I think he's awesome. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, it, as you said, uh, and it's the same time traveling thing. And because, because of that, you know, you kind of have to allow for anything to happen. You know, right. You're just like, all right, you know, that goes with the story. But I still love the show. I'm, I'm interested to see how they're gonna because they, at some point, they're gonna realize that they're they're right. you know the guy's time uh, traveling. You know, I'm I'm curious to see what they're gonna do when they get to that point. Um, what else? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm I, I I as again goes back to I think there's too many of them on TV right now. A lot of crime shows. There is lot, too many of them. Too many of them. Uh, and it it and you know. It's kind of a cliche again because it's the same story, you know, a man killing a lot of women. I just wish that and we one of them's fighting back. I know. I just I mean it's I know, fine. I, but I wish we switched for a little bit uh, a woman killing a bunch of men. I would love to see that as a crime show. Yeah. Um but anyway, uh I'm still interested. I'm still watching. The problem is that there's too much TV going on right now and then you sometimes you have to make your choices. Um Elizabeth Moss is very good in it. She is. She good. is playing a character that I think she has played too many times now, which, as I said, right. is like the, you know, the traumatized woman who's fighting back. Um, but she, she doesn't know how to play these roles well. She and Belle are really, really good together. And there's just enough interest there right. that I'm like, all right, right. I, I will follow this through. Put it this way, I wasn't interested in how the staircase, I'm not following that mm-hmm. one up. This one, I'm like, yeah, it takes too long to get where it's going, but I really need to so- see where it winds up. So I, I would recommend Especially it. Especially after we watched uh, Russian Doll, right? 
the whole time traveling thing. I'm, right. I'm kind of curious. Uh, right. It kind of like made me interested in, in time traveling show. So yeah. I, I will watch this one. Yep. All righty. Now we're going to move on to crazy audience oh my members. Oh, God. Yes. Feral audiences. Yeah. As we said at the top of the podcast, Dave Chappelle, a uh, comedian, was attacked in the Hollywood Bowl last week. Um, and his security had to take the guy out, and I think they broke his arm. And oh my god! It, yeah, it was. It got violent. And the and guy, then, he had a knife. Not only that, then the guy went online and and had a a, a he. I don't know. He kind of like uh, had a, a created a song about it or something, and he was singing. There's some craziness like that going on. I think. Could be uh, wrong. Do you think? Maybe you should check that before you flip the mic off. <laughs> anyway, I think there is... I don't is, know anything about that. I think that. there is a story like that. Uh, anyway. And also... And we feel like this is all connected, these three things. Um, Patti Lapone, uh, who was appearing in Company on Broadway, she was doing a Q&A after... Um, one of the shows and she started and she's been known to do this she has been known right, to yell right. at patrons for having phones out and that sort of thing um patty don't take no shit that's always been patty and you've either you know she's right. a new york legend and that's who she is and you either love that or you don't i of course love that uh but she got into it with this person who uh would not put their mask on correctly and um uh, the the one woman said in response to her, "I pay your salary," and she went, and then Patty Lapone went completely ballistic on her. Right. Um, just this very entitled attitude among audience members. And the third story is Jesse Williams appeared in is appearing on Broadway in the play "Take Me Out" about a gay baseball player, and um, part of the play uh, requires him to perform naked. And uh, someone took, I believe, video or maybe just pictures. Um, and, uh, of him naked and posted it online and it went viral and it was a big, big to do. And, you know, um, it's, it says something that it, this needs to be pointed out, (laughs) but, um, consent is, you know, a, um, a concept that a, a, you know, everyone has to, you know, right. Has to abide by notions of consent right even if it's a hot guy up on stage he did not consent to have his pictures taken in that way even though he is performing naked and i would you know i i want to be careful making this point but i would liken it to um uh, in some respects to a stripper working a show in a strip joint where you're not allowed to take pictures of them while they're up on that stage. The right. show, you're paying for the show. You're paying for the show. You're the not paying for yes. Yes. photographs. If you want to pay for pictures of naked women, there are places you can go right. to do that. And it's, it's so it's the same thing here, but it's also, and the you know, this is also true of, of strippers, I'm sure. Um, for an actor to be able to do that role, to do that in front of a, he's acting. This is not some right. burlesque on his point on his part. He's in. I mean, Take Me Out has been around for years as right. a play. It's it's a well established play. Um, he's on the Broadway stage. Um, he's not here to titillate you with his dick. He's trying to do right, right by the play, right. and that for an actor to get up and take all their clothes off like that, that requires a vulnerability and it requires a trust of the audience exactly. that you will not exactly. be exactly. violated in some right. way, that you will understand the contract here, which is that you came to see him perform in a right, play right, right. and it isn't about your titillation. I and totally that, agree. that contract gets broken when people do things like this. Um, and there was a lot of, you know, online, well, who cares? He looks hot and my, my dick looked like that and blah, 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 blah. But that's, you know, that, 
it's not the point. No, that's not the point. Uh, I'm listen. I'm all about dicks, uh, really. Uh, and uh, and you know, uh, and I and I think it's great that that you've seen more dicks on on show. You know, in shows right, and, right, right. And, and movies and everything like that. Because my entire life, uh, I you know, all I could see was women naked. Right. You know, nothing wrong with that. But there was never man was always admire women naked in, in in film but never the other way around right so it, it's interesting and great that you, you see more of that now but at the same time you know you it has to be done and and accepted and and seen and watched in a respectful way uh because it's still art it, right. they're still performing right it's not a real person when you think about it it's not a personal private situation where someone is taking their clothes off for you right it's it's a performance Having uh, said all this, I uh-huh. feel like it, it. there's a danger of overstating and overcorrecting, given how much exploitation has befallen women in entertainment uh-huh. and the way their pictures no, and their I'm naked not, bodies have been exploited. No, 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 no. I'm not. Um, no, no, I'm not accusing you. I'm, I'm saying um, in this discussion, in this discussion of reminding people that it's still wrong, even when you do it to a man, that you don't, that we don't overcorrect and make a bigger deal out of this than the fact that this happens to women yes, all the yes, time. Yes. I, when I say that there are more male nudity out there, I'm not saying that, you know, it's equal to women uh, right. or the women, you know, the way women are explored. Because I do think no, no, some no. of the response to this right. in the press uh, has been overcorrecting in the other direction. Like, mm-hmm. how very dare you take a picture of a man, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, I agree. Mm-hmm. But we also need to acknowledge where this exists in a continuum of much greater exploitation right, of women right. and right. the ownership of their bodies. Right. Um, that's all. I'm just trying to, you right. know, it's wrong. But... Uh, it's it's also probably a good idea to to just not over you know overstate the violation that has happened here um i think i think if you look at the you know the bigger picture here it it's interesting because first of all i do think that the show is milking the whole situation that's part uh, of what i'm alluding to there's yeah, a little bit of over they're, they're they're using the situation to promote the show because they are frankly i didn't know he was performing i didn't know that the show was still going on i mean and now i know all of that right um so there is the promotion aspect of it that they're taking advantage of that apparently it sold out the next couple of performances now everyone wants to see him naked i get that uh but at the same time it is a violation and i feel like it 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 you see that so much and it today. cheapens the actual setting. It's, yes, it's not some burlesque yeah. now show. Now the, the theater is saying that they're going to beef up security and then you know they're so putting infrared cameras in. And yeah, I feel like this is all getting very performative. Yes, I totally agree with that. But I also feel that with mobile phones now, uh, with the ability to take pictures and videos anytime, anywhere, uh, I do feel that people. Um, just take advantage of that and, and, and doesn't respect people's privacy in well, this general. Is why we brought up the other yes, two, the yes, Dave Chappelle, because yeah. believe me, I mean, I, Dave Chappelle is probably the last person I want to exactly. defend right now. Right. Um, but when that happened, I was like, yeah, I don't like his comedy either. Cause it's very anti-trans. Um, but you don't, we can't be at a stage where we're beating up comedians. And, and you know, when that happened, the Hollywood Bowl thing happened, there was this immediate rush to blame Will Smith. And I just think that is the biggest crock of bullshit no, imaginable. No. Um, there are larger forces here. There, you know, we, right. we are at a time of tremendous social unrest where 
uh, social niceties are breaking down and people don't know how to act on planes and they don't know how to act on public transit, you know, transit, and they don't know how to act in theaters anymore. Um, they don't know how to act as an appropriate audience member or how to deal with things that they don't agree right, with. Right. Um, and I think this is a much, when I think when people start talking about Will Smith, it's like, it, Will Smith is probably a symptom of this issue, but he is not a cause of it. Um, this idea of that people can go up on stage and, and just have it out with people they disagree no, this with. This whole idea of punching people now and, 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 just misbehaving yelling at performers this is just becoming a a a, a normal thing yeah Uh, you see that often and it's Uh, wrong it's just wrong and i totally disagree with it yeah performers need even ones i disagree with they need the space and and the respect to be able to perform what they're i mean that's what art is uh even art i don't agree with um and when you violate that space what it's just a it's bad for society on a whole when you don't let artists be artists, when when you start attacking them uh, just for their art or because you think they work for you or because um, the, what they're doing matters less to you than uh, getting a picture of their dick online. Right. Um, that is just a fundamental disrespect for the art, the act of, of creating art and the act of performing art. Um what you're shaking no, your head no 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 i'm just no i'm not shaking your head i'm just oh. shaking my head so i just in a larger sense i, I just think it's very sad and a disturbing um right. trend and we're i think people need to keep an eye out for more of this and instead of blaming will smith start making these connections that about how audience members right. are acting and how we're treating our art we're treating our artists the way we treat our teachers and our healthcare workers and uh, all this stuff is breaking down where right, the people right. who basically create our culture and sustain our our society are the ones we're attacking the it's, most it's this whole th- and the idea that someone actually you know stood up and said you know we pay your salary i pay your salary that is just so no, you don't you, you don't. don't you pay for a performance yeah as you pay for a ticket to see a movie right uh, in the movie theater you're paying for the performance you don't pay you're not paying that person's salary no. i mean that's just ridiculous to think that way um you know and you know you don't own anything um uh, anyway it's just bizarre and uh, I, I don't think it's, I, I don't understand when people bring their phone. And, and I mean, that's the reason why I rarely go to the movie theater anymore, because it's, you know, you can't just pay attention to the movie anymore. There's so much going on. People on the phone. Right. Uh, the, you can see the phone glow and, you know, you just, you, you get distracted. It happens all the time. So I agree. It, it, it needs Downfall to of society. Stop. Yes. Um, no, but it is concerning. <laughs> and I hope we pull out of this downward spiral but until then don't um don't attack people on stage it's a bad thing it's a no right or take pictures it of whatever t- you watch not approved by tilo anyway um anything else to That's add no. that is it for this week's topics that we have batted around uh we'll be back next week with whatever crosses our eyes or crosses our desk until then take care of yourselves love you mean it Bye-bye. bye bye